Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Not only are we back at full strength this week with Michael, Kevin, and myself, Jason, but we have a shit ton of stuff to talk about. Since the last time you heard our voices, we have had three pay-per-views. Two from AEW, one from WWE. We've had firings, we've had deaths, we've had pretty much everything in between. And uh, that all only happened in about a week and a half. So (laughs) without further ado, we're going to get started. If you want to join in on the conversation, please do so by tweeting us at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. M-O-U-S-E. Welcome back, Michael. How you doing? And, um, you know, we you can talk to us about everything that we're talking about today, but you can also leave us uh, feedback on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or however you listen to this episode. But uh, to start off with, Michael, you weren't able to join us for our Bray Wyatt tribute when we recorded it last Thursday, uh, right after we learned about his passing. So if, if there's anything that you wanted to say in regards to to Bray and, you know, your feelings on, on the issue, you know, feel free. The floor is yours. Uh, well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is, you know, the wrestling world lost one of the most creative minds it's ever seen. Like, he did some some real weird shit, but a lot of it was absolutely incredible and well thought out and well planned out. And no, I don't think anyone will ever be able to do what he did at the level he did. And it's it's really a shame that to lose him this early on and and to see some of the news outlets fucking posting shit like he wasn't wearing his his doctor recommended defibrillator like fuck off bro like go go get clicks somewhere else you piece of shit or even Meltzer with the uh oh he was about to debut for AEW before deciding to re-sign with wwe like dude come on like what (laughs) yeah it was just all and that's i think like because like you know mike like I, I that was probably what jason one of our shortest shows ever because jason and i were just like we were just lost at words the whole time we didn't even know really what to say like i had to bring up like i had to bring up terry funk just to give us a little bit of a show this is crazy how, you know you lost two of the most influential yeah i mean talk about terry funk i mean mm-hmm. and um but yeah i mean and and that was one yeah that's i mean come on you know Shit happens. We don't, you know. What I mean, it's just, it, yeah, it, it's tragic enough, and then you got to bring up like, yeah, it shit happens. All basically try to fucking blame it on him. Essentially, be like, well, if he would have done this, he'd still be a fuck off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, guy was just going to take a nap. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it, it just sucks. But I, I thought WWE did a really great job uh, the Friday after paying tribute to not only Wyndham but also. But also Terry Funk as well. I mean, I thought I thought they did it. You know that they were kind of tasked with something very difficult because, you know, Terry Funk. You know, a lot of people kind of expected that he didn't have a whole lot of time left. That was not the case no. with with Bray and the fact that that they were I mean, able. He was to, on the verge of returning. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to kind of pull it together and have a tribute show to to both was was good. I loved how they they opened it up with uh, the rocking chair and then the the close of it with the lantern and then when it when the camera like I thought he was standing in the ring for a second man like I got goosebumps like I was like holy shit was this a work the whole time you know <laughs> like the way that they kind of panned that camera back and stuff like that like it, it was that was that was crazy but they had the you know it almost, almost yeah, looked the, like the, the angel Titan wings Tron. and stuff like that mm-hmm. like that was that was awesome how they did that and, and, and I think that they're 
big thing like Jason and I talked about was like, I think it was uh, Swerve Strickland who I talked about how like, he's like, why do we have to have deaths like bring us together as a wrestling community? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everything just seems so fucking silly. Like, and, and that's one thing we should at least give kudos for both companies. Like, WWE bringing Eric Rowan in, you know what I mean? Like, that was big. Like, Tony Khan, like, anybody that was going to go through his funeral on Wednesday were allowed to miss Dynamite. So, you know, at least there was, you know, some some good on both parts. Yeah, yeah. And that's really probably all the backstage good we got. Uh, but we'll get into some of that later. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I liked, um, you know, how both shows did play, pay tribute to him. Like, House of Black's entrance for, for All In was, was very Bray Wyatt-esque with the, you know, encouraging people with the Fireflies. They even made mention, I think Nigel McGuinness said something about, you know, the lights in the arena will forever be known as fireflies now. You know what I mean? Like anytime you see it like that. And I, I think that's I think that was very apropos. Um, you know, Seth even had kind of a like a tribute style to his entrance at Payback and you know, Becky had a, a very like um heartfelt moment in the ring after the main event of Monday Night Raw where she where she said her piece and, and told a story and uh, you know, the show ended with her holding up the, her Bray armband in her hand and stuff like that. So, you know, all in all, I thought, I thought, you know, both wrestlers and, you know, the, the, the companies did a great job of, of basically paying tribute to, again, to both guys, the tribute packages for both that they played were great. Uh, the one that played for Bray played on raw and also on NXT. And after each one, they had the rocking chair with the, with the spotlight on it. So I thought that was, that was nice. But then honestly though, you know, come this Friday, it was all done. Like they had completely moved past it. Like there was nothing on Friday. You didn't even see anybody wearing the armbands or anything. Uh, like I said, Seth's thing at Saturday still kind of was, was a tribute, but that was really about it. But he had even changed the side plate on the title back. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's always been, though. They always, like, they do the the one-and-done, like, tribute show, and then it's back to business. Yeah, and I think that's probably good for some of those guys so they're not, like, sitting there and stewing in it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, um... Like, the only one that was ever learned that was Eddie, and that was mostly, like, people like Ray who would still wear the armbands well after the fact. That's true, yeah. Eddie did, Eddie did continue to wear that all the time, so... Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in the you know the matches were what they were on that show. I don't think it was really about that. I think it was just more about the paying tribute. I do think it was funny that they did the the Terry Funk hardcore match, and there was like literally like one table spot in it, and nothing else. Like yeah. there was nothing hardcore about the match at all. Like it was just kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, but yeah. So then after that, you got um, you know that Sunday then. AW had all in. This was their big Wembley Stadium show, and man, they they you know they, they keep all right. So they they keep talking about eighty thousand plus att- like attendance. That's that is the gate. That is how many tickets they sold. People in the arena had said, I don't know if there's necessarily eighty thousand here. So it sounds like they were very they wanted to publish the sold ticket amount. Mm-hmm. not the actual attendance. attendance. So that sounds like there was maybe some comp tickets or, you know, some tickets that were sold as like giveaways or maybe like scalpers bought tickets and that necessarily didn't sell them or 
Maybe even Tony went into his pocket and made sure to buy a few hundred thousand tickets. Uh, but I mean, who knows? But it was still impressive. I mean, the arena looked full for the most part. I mean, it. it I, I thought they did a good job of like really showing off the size of the crowd. I thought the crowd was pretty loud for the most part. Like you could hear a lot of stuff that was going on. I mean, it's an open air arena, so a lot of that sound is going to get lost. So there was there was maybe some moments, um, but. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. How much of the show did you guys watch? I just saw clips. I didn't really... Yeah. I didn't really yeah, have I a mean, lot of interested interest in much of any of it. Okay. Well, I watched the whole thing. So, <laughs> my, my, only, my only thing was, aside from Joe, and, 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 and this is aside from anything that happened, but the pre-show match between Hook and Jack Perry I thought was good. I thought it was a lot of fun, and, you know, aside from the whole real glass thing, like, the, you know, the, the spot that they did on the limo and stuff like that, that was, that was you know, pretty pretty cool, and um, they had a pretty decent match. I thought Punk and Joe had a good match, good rivalry. MJF and Adam Cole speaks for itself, man. Like, that that's the best story AEW has told ever, and it has been amazing, and their match was fantastic. Great storytelling. Um, great, both great, great guys uh, to steal a coal from, steal something from MJF. But they just, um, I, every other match on that card, though, seemed like it was the exact same thing, though. So many multi man matches. Like, it just wasn't, there just wasn't a whole lot of difference between anything that was going on. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, the match I saw the most of was Joe and Punk, and that's just because, I mean, it's Joe and Punk. Mm. So I actually, like, I, I I was curious to see what it'd be like. Um, I, I enjoyed what I saw. Adam Cole and I, I thought it was weird because Adam Cole and MJF had their tag match on the pre-show, correct? And they won and then the came Irish back for the main titles. event, right? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. it was an odd choice for me, just because I'm like, it. I don't know. I feel like having them win the titles and it not turning into like a big swerve at the end. Like, why do they need the... Because isn't it the ROH titles? Like, who gives a fuck? Right. I was even thinking that today. I was like... Because when I was watching Dynamite the other day and, like, saw a segment with them and, like, got the belts and stuff, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, who is even the Ring of Honor, like, world champion? Like, I know Joe's the TV champ. It's I know they're Claudio. Like, like, is, it, is it Claudio? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Claudio. So, <laughs> again, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I grew Mike right there. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, why... You know, if you're trying to be different, that the that's not the event to do it at. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if this was just, if this was all out or something, or something like not just one of your normal pay per views, okay, maybe. But like, this is your biggest event ever, mm-hmm. and this has been built as you know your main event. I mean, and it was, it, and they did a good job with their storytelling, like. Because if you think back, like when this event was announced months and months and months ago, did you ever think that MJF and Adam Cole would be the main event? No. Like MJF, no. sure, but do you think it would be Adam Cole? No, you're thinking like MJF and CM Punk. You're thinking Osprey and Omega maybe is going to be the main event again or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that. So the fact that they did such a great job building it in a little bit of time that they did, like we shouldn't have seen those guys until that main event. 
we shouldn't see them until they're you know what I mean like yeah that's I, what a that's what a main event is, you know what I mean like okay maybe they do an interview segment each of them halfway through or something like that but like can you can you imagine if like Hogan Warrior like wrestled Andre and Haku in the first match at WrestleMania six for the tag team titles and then won the tag team titles and then they went out in the fucking main event three hours later <laughs> at the ultimate challenge. Alright, so I'll, I'll defend <laughs> I'll defend it just based off of this. So it was on the pre show, which which is fine. And and it, they used it as a storytelling device because when when MJF ended up winning the match and Cole was was looking to turn on him and MJF like basically held out that title like oh you don't give a shit about this you didn't really care about us and kind of like threw it down and and that was kind of the you know it was it was like the um kind of planting that seeds of dissent or whatever like they they did a good job of using it as a a way to further along the friendship like are they or aren't they with with using those titles that is really that's the only thing I can say is maybe a net positive for why they did it is it was another way to maybe set it up to where you thought that like it, it gave you doubt on whether or not Cole was going to turn or, or not, you know what I mean? Like it just seemed like it was cause I honestly, I kind of feel like maybe that was where this was going to go and they decided to like pivot and turn course because of how popular the tag team is. Like I feel like they're like, all right, let's just let it, let's just let it ride. But I, I mean, I, I, I get it though. I mean, it was still kind of, kind of dumb. But at the same time, I think that was, I think that's the only reason why is just so they could use that prop in the storytelling, and that's really about it. We lost Michael, and Kevin's flipping around like a crazy person. Well, and I think I went out my phone for a second, and I couldn't get you guys back. Like on the screen and Mike like froze up on my end. So yeah, he froze and then disappeared. So who knows? He'll, he'll be back eventually. He might've decided. He's like, he's, he's like, like, that's enough. He's like, Oh, we thought, we thought you were like, Oh, that's enough for two. That's enough after two weeks. <laughs> well, that was interesting. Discord got so, uh, so bored with your, your explanation that it kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll stop talking about it then. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the whole story with House of Black and the acclaim was cool, and the acclaim winning the the them winning the trios championships, I thought was fun. Um, did you see the their custom championships from the next Dynamite? Oh, the, the scissors. Yeah, so the the uh, it's like a pink strap with the the plates on it, and the um, the belt uh, the where they fasten it's a scissor. So they can scissor with the title belts. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, they're not like pink or whatever. They're like, I don't know, like a red fuchsia or something like that. Nah, they look hot. That, they look hot pink cool. to me when they debuted them. Or like, it, it maybe it is. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's, it still snaps. Like it still snaps and stuff. It's like as they snap, they scissor. So yeah. <laughs> Somebody's like, somebody said, "There's like God, Tony Khan loves spending money on belts." Yeah. What? No. <laughs> and you know, I I, I thought that um, Soraya winning the women's championship was in in her home in in England was a big deal, 
And uh, But, I mean, that match only got eight minutes. It was the only women's match on the card. It was a four-way, and they got eight minutes. Yeah. But, hey, AEW is supposed to be all for the women's wrestling. Yeah, and you see that they got rid of uh, Sunny Kiss, and there's a whole bunch of disturbance there. And, ah, uh, boy, I'll tell you. Um, Tony Khan's got hands full right now. I heard rumors of uh, Jay Cargo, like, possibly, like, leaving once her contract's up. Well, she hasn't been on um, since she lost the TBS title. Like she's been, dis- she just disappeared after that. Yeah. So I've, yeah, I've heard. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know. But you know, but it was still a good moment for Soraya winning the championship there. I do. I'm. I love Tony Storm's new character. I don't know if you guys have really gotten a whole lot of this, but she like she she popped Renee Young on Dynamite when she was cutting her promo, and she said like. Uh, she said something about everything is like tits up in here or something like that, and it just it made it made Renee laugh on camera like she couldn't hold it back. I did say it. Um, but uh, her character, I, I love the character work that she is doing. Like I, I think that's that's a cool thing for for Tony Storm to be trying something different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, like the Stadium Stampede match. Like what what's the difference now between Stadium Stampede and Anarchy in the Arena? It's the same shit, right? It's just a stadium instead of arena. It's the same type of match. Like it was just too much to follow, too much going on. The coffin match with Darby Allen serve and Christian Cage and Sting like, okay, how do you do a like you, it just doesn't make sense to me that you do a two like a a tag team coffin match and only one guy has to go in. Like yeah, that was a weird choice. I, I don't know, man. Like it's just a match to have a That'd match. Be like a cage match and only one dude needs to escape. And they did <laughs> such a good job of building a story with Omega and Takeshita. Why isn't that a singles match? Why did we have to add in Kota Ibushi, Hangman, and then, you know, Jay White and Juice Robinson? Like why like why did we have to make that a six man? Like we already have, you know, gotta get one, everyone paid, two, man. Everybody three part of the biggest thing. Four five multi-man matches already on the card. Like, why Why do we need to have that? Like, it just, you know, what Osprey and Jericho was pretty good. Like, I thought that was a good match. If, I don't know if you guys saw that. Jericho came out with, with his band singing yeah, the, on the way out. Yeah, the, yeah, that's why I commented. Like, the, his entrance was pretty sweet. Like, that was that was cool. It was almost like a quick little concert for everybody. So, um, But that was just Jericho's yeah. way of getting uh, his band to say, oh, we played in front of 80,000 people at Wembley. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so selfish reasons there. Kevin, you're giving me a seizure with how much you're flipping your right? camera. Right? Why do you keep Why do you keep changing your turning your camera on and off? Jesus fucking Christ! I've been, I've been back my... for 25 fucking minutes and you can't keep your shit together. Because I'm on my fucking phone. Well, then quit moving your phone. Just sit it there like a normal fucking person. Just ignore him. Be like it's daddy's me time in the in the basement talking to the boys. He's in the garage. Well, that explains the shit reception because now he's frozen. I know. Oh my god. Your You're breaking up now. I can't even hear you. Sorry, what was that McDonald's? Do you want fries with that? Oh my god. God damn it! I'll exit and come out. Come back. If you quit fucking with it, it would fucking work. This show is this show's already long enough without all the technical difficulties. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
Alright. You will come back if we do it early to keep it I'm just, going I'm just, time. I'm just, I'm just, Kevin, I'm just let me see if I'm, I can delay this as much as possible with technical difficulties. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not going back on camera. So, how about that? Oh my gosh. Well, alright. So... <laughs> Moving on. Um, all right. So on the WWE side, uh, you know, we, we already talked a little bit about some of the tributes they did on Monday Night Raw. Um, aside from that, like they're doing a really good job of building Gable versus Gunther, which is happening tonight for the for the uh, the championship. And then, um, you know, then we had WWE Payback, which was this. Oh, maybe we should go back and talk about what happened at all out or all, at all in. Let's just close the show with that because that's going to take the biggest chunk. Okay. All right. I'm cool with that. Of so, uh, did anybody watch WWE Payback? Nope. I I watched the entire thing. Me too. All right, thanks, Kevin. All right, we watched the entire thing. <laughs> I, I I because I because I get it because I get it. I for <laughs> one, I'm part time. I for one thought WWE Payback was a really good show. Um, I, I think it had a great opening. A great good... opening, yes. It had a good climax with Owens and uh, Zayn versus Judgment Day. Yep. And then it had a pretty damn good main event. Yep. Kev, or Michael, yeah. did you happen to see any of the pictures of Trish Stratus after her cage match with Banky Lynch? Nope. Go Google that real quick. Yeah. Like, Is she naked or something? I'm no. Confused. There was a spot where... Her form. Her yeah. Yeah, her forehead. Basically, Becky had Trish's head and was slamming it into the cage repeatedly over and over and over again. And Trish had this big, huge welt that, like, welted up on her forehead. like, And she never bled. It didn't bust her open. But she had this big, huge bump. And then it bruised. And it's like, worse really now. Bad. Yeah. Oh, that's so black and blue. Right. <laughs> yeah, like on the show, you just saw the knot. You, it wasn't black and blue yet, but like the aftermath. Yeah. But I mean, so I a photo shoot with it, and like she's got all these bruises on her arms, and there's this big old yep. fucking black and blue. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I I gotta say that match from start to finish had me fucking. You know, Jason, you and I talked about what, a couple weeks ago about jumping around during a match. Yeah. Like, that that match was awesome. Like, yeah. that, Holy shit, there's the, there's a close up of her laying on the mat, and like she has a vein that goes like down her forehead, and it just like stops, welts up, and then restarts. Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, definitely a contusion. Like it was, it was rough. And like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, there, were, I mean, the tag title match was good, but like, Mike, if you're gonna go back and watch one match, just it's the first match go back and watch it like i mean for a steel cage match and you know and especially women it was pretty awesome i dare i dare to say that was probably trish stratus trish Trish stratus's best match as a pro wrestler sorry i i feel like that was trish's best match ever one of becky's best too yeah no easily yeah i mean when she did, when she had her legs locked into the top of the cage and fell oh, back, yeah, but yeah. it wasn't like a slow. I mean, it was like she swung back, <laughs> swung back, yeah. and like would have blown out any of our knees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, but when they did that superplex from the very top of the cage, like the athleticism of both of them and just landing just so perfectly, like. Such a good match. Yeah, 
It was awesome, it was man. great. It really was. I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, the Shree fight though, the tag Shree fight was was really good. I, I thought Kevin and Sammy when they went in the penalty box and they came out wearing Pittsburgh Penguins uniforms. I thought oh, that was gosh. that was awesome. <laughs> when they threw the glove. Yeah. <laughs> but not even that. Like, but like Kevin Owens. <laughs> you talk about a crazy ass spot, like. The dive. Oh yeah, the swanton. Oh my! It was like God. that. Was like uh, that reminded me of uh, Hardy from Royal Rumble. Was it ninety eight when he did it off of like that? Yeah, but, that car or whatever. But, but, yeah, but Owens Owens was probably at least ten feet higher. Yeah, and a hundred pounds heavier. Landing on Dom. And, like, when he, oh my God! When he landed to like God, getting his receipts. You, yeah. Like when you watch the replay, like. It, Owens is just such a professional landed so well and like it looked like he didn't hurt himself as bad but like yeah in live time like I was like what the fuck? you know and it, and it almost looked like he he almost oh, missed the table God. like he hit Dom and it cracked he hit him hard enough to crack the table but his like the bottom half of his body probably from his waist down hit first like off of the table like it hit the ground before mm-hmm you know, before everything kind of crashed through. So he did it in a way to where he, he really sacrificed himself and didn't hurt Dom. You know what I mean? Like he protected Dom oh, yeah. really well on that. And, and it just, you yeah. know, the, the shows you what kind of professional he is, but damn man, like that was oh, crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the match is, I mean, again, it was just another, you, you just, you, you didn't know when it was going to finish. And, then the outcome happened, and I was like, I wasn't upset about it because it was just such a, it was such a hell of a match that it, good for Judgment Day. Yeah, and I, I think it's time. You know, what I mean, like uh, Kevin and uh, you know Kevin and Sammy both have been dealing with injuries, so you know their title run had gotten a little stale. And I think that you know Judgment Day, it, it's a good storytelling device for them to you know because they they keep having that. Are they going to break up? Are they going to stay together? Type thing going on, and. That this helps cement them and keep them together for right now, and I, I think that um, mm-hmm. you know uh, Kevin and Sammy both have good singles runs in their future coming up real quick, and I, I think either one of them could be a good candidate to to go after Seth for the for the World Heavyweight Championship, and it's just um, yeah, I mean it's just it just uh, it was a good way for them to lose the title. You know what I mean? Like it was a lot of. Like it, it kept them strong while still giving Judgment Day the win. Yeah, it wasn't like, uh, goddamn, you know, like you still think about to the great moment they had at WrestleMania and stuff. But it it was kind of like, like you said, it was time and it's not as upsetting yeah. just because Judgment Day, like, but just everything, all the chaos that happened throughout the match, <laughs> fucking Rhea coming out and spearing, yeah, Owens. Yeah, and then her, but her selling it too. You know what I mean, like Michael Rhea speared Owens through the barricade, like a Roman Reigns like spear through damn. the barricade. Yeah, yeah, like out of like out of nowhere too. Like she, she wasn't even yelled "mommy" when she did it. <laughs> she wasn't even a part of the match, and that was before her match with Raquel Rodriguez too. Like she hadn't even had her championship match yet. She came out for that after. Um, mm-hmm. But also, uh, do you notice that? Uh, I saw someone compare Rhea did a tribute gear to China. Yeah, she did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They talked about that on air too. Like that was, that was a nice touch. And, and uh, Raquel's tribute gear was very similar. I think it was, was kind of Eddie Guerrero inspired, but 
you know that that match was good, but at where where Raquel is right now and where Rhea is right now, you just knew that Rhea was going to win that match. Like there's no other outcome that was going to happen. Yeah, it, it, and having it, it, the tag team match before that and having Judgment Day yeah. win, I feel like also kind of cemented that since she was all like, everyone needs to come back with gold this weekend or we're going to have problems. So it'd be weird for her to be the one that yeah didn't do it. Yeah, it was kind of a death spot because the crowd was just. They were not into it, so... I thought the wrinkle of having John Cena as the host was kind of fun, because, you know, he had that moment with the Miz in the ring, then he was a guest ref with Miz and L.A. Knight, which kind of made that interesting. And there was even, like, you know, L.A. Knight kind of had that, you know, wasn't very trusting of Cena either, which was which was kind of cool. And then, um, but the the backstage segment where he, he did the interview, dude, I fucking laughed my ass off. Did you, did you see that one, Kev? Oh, I might have... I think I missed that. So he was wearing, um, he was wearing like he was still wearing his ball cap, but he had a he had a, a vest like a, a suit jacket on. Blazer. He had a tie on, even though he still had his like his t shirt. Oh, yeah, on. he did the, he did he did the Southpaw wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and he crouched right. and he was crouched down for the interview. So after he was done with the interview, he stood back up and he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So he wasn't no. taller than the two guys that he was interviewing. It was fucking hilarious. It was great, good stuff. I couldn't even tell you who he was interviewing, but it was just, it was just so funny. <laughs> well, I, I know we're gonna talk about, it, but I, I gotta mention, like, I mean, I know we're talking about the Grace of Waller effect. Yeah, but man, I, I love watching this dude more and more every week. Grace you know of Waller, remind, yes. Oh yeah, like his, like his segment. He reminds me. I'm not comparing him like he is him, but like he's almost Roddy Piper esque with Piper's Pit to where like it's all about him. Yeah. And he, he's the one that does all the talking and like you're a guest, but who cares? And like, you know what I mean? Like he has a lot of like, I can see mannerisms potentially developing in him like that. Um, but the whole segment was, that was awesome. Yeah. With Cody. Yeah. And then, and then the shock. Yeah. So I, Cody announced that he pulled some strings and he brought somebody to the Monday Night Raw roster and that somebody was main event Jey Uso who came out with new music and um, but it's very similar to the old music where he's like... It's just now he's, he's, he's just now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just now he's, he's down. Yeah. And Jimmy Jimmy had... Uh, he came out on SmackDown and confronted Cena and he had new music and you know stuff like that too. So and and you know what they're doing with Jimmy right now is is kind of intriguing. Is he with the Bloodline? Is he not with the Bloodline? But now Jay is on his own on Monday Night Raw, and he actually opened Monday Night Raw. I just started watching it right before we we recorded, uh, but I didn't get a chance to kind of finish everything that was going on. Um, he had a, some something with Sammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does this mean like Cody's gonna like trade himself to SmackDown? No, it, it. I don't think it had anything to do with Cody. I think Cody was just bringing him to Raw and the, like Michael Cole. Oh my God, Michael Cole! When Jay was coming out on uh, Raw, Michael Cole goes, "Yeah, Cody used to be an EVP in a prior company, and I guess he's still flexing some of those skills." <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Did I send you guys the picture? I don't know if I sent it or not of the uh, the AEW Discipline Committee. Yes. Did I post that in our group chat? Did you? I, you did not, but I, I saw it. Oh, okay. I was like, it, I don't remember seeing it. It was, it was, it was the elite. Yeah. <laughs> All four. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll put it in there. But, um, but yeah. So, 
it's um it's uh it, it definitely I like I said it was a good show like like you said Kevin it had a great a great start great finish uh you know the Shinsuke and Seth for the the world championship was it was a hell of a match I love Shinsuke's reaction like even after it. it yeah yeah, yeah, people are like pissed off about it, but like this is no. I think there's there's more to this. Like, oh yeah, there's another one of those things where Shinsuke is like still strong coming out of this, and to where like, you know there's gonna be another match. So I say as long as there's another match, I'm fine with it because yeah, yeah. like I felt like the the build up to it felt very personal. So for it to just like abruptly like end with no Tom Fullery felt kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and Seth, it was definitely one of those things where Seth kind of got lucky. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily win so much as he survived. And I, I yeah. think that was kind of the takeaway from it. Like, he, you know, he yeah, yeah. he won the match, but he, he, he basically survived the match. And, and I heard something about, like, good... like, he went for the second um, Shikasa and, like, Rollins fell over or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of yeah. got lucky and, then, and got the stomp on him and stuff like that. Yeah, and then doing such a good job with his whole broken back thing and you know what i mean like there's just there's, there's more to it yeah there's more i think that we built up with it so and then um yeah i mean that, that was pretty much all all about that and then you know then aw then had all out which you know i i said this before we started recording but to me like i think it's i think it's bullshit I, and i i've i've heard that there were some rumors of some some uh like I guess Tony Khan said something about how they couldn't do there wasn't a way to do a package across every pay-per-view platform to like make it fair or something like that so they they didn't do any type of like buy one get one packages for all in and all out like they made people pay $50 for each show I didn't pay for it I watched it for free on a website not going to say which one but um you know, I, I'll openly admit that I wasn't going to pay for either one of them. Uh, I thought, you know, all out, all all in would have been worth it. Uh, I th- I think, even though I didn't particularly like, I th- I liked most of the show. It, it was like just you had to be. I mean, hardcore. I mean, we're it was not a spectacle. AEW, yeah. you have to be a mark. Yes, yeah. All yes. all out though, like they should not have charged money for that show. Like that's bullshit that they charged another fifty dollars just a week later for basically what was a glorified dynamite. Like that's should, I've heard about they, it too. That's the and that's it, like it was, yeah. it, but they, there was no build for any of the matches. Like they opened with fucking Dark Order versus who did they face? Uh, better than you, baby. Yeah, better than like yeah. just a random match. Like it just it made no fucking sense. I, I don't know. They should have no. It, it should it should have been like WCW used to do. Okay, so in August when they started doing those road wilds or those hog wilds, so they would do that on a Saturday and then come back every August. WCW always did a Clash of Champions in August, and it was always free on TBS. They should have done all in on Sunday or whatever day it was, and then they should have came if they or if they're going to come back the following week or however however it worked out. What was it, Saturday to Sunday or something like that? Then they should have just done, uh, you know, a two-hour th- or even do a three-hour or whatever all out on TBS or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they need you, that money. You, I mean, I don't know. They, they lost uh, uh, one Bill Phil. <laughs> yeah. 
I and then like having Dennis Rodman on Collision, like what the fuck? What what in the nineteen ninety seven WCW? When is how? When was the last time he was relevant to anything though? That's the best part of the, the only thing that puts him relevant in the wrestling space is that he is at he was at um he was getting, Conrad had him at uh Starfest or Starcast or whatever his big Starcade or, or Starcast yeah, yeah Star- Starcast Starcast yeah so that he he had him at Starcast because it was in Chicago so you know Dennis Rodman back in Chicago but yeah man it just it just didn't like that's how that's how they were trying to compete with Payback for Collision is bringing in Dennis Rodman while you while you're in Chicago after you just fired CM Punk like it's oh man it's that's that's a rough situation along to with be in. the fucking way Tony Khan before the show sh- show started he sits in a chair to make the announcement yes yeah oh, yeah um yeah you know I guess we can we can go ahead and talk like all out I the only thing that really came out of that was Orange Cassidy finally lost the um the you know the what, what is it called now? International, 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 something or other. Yeah, to uh, to John Moxley in a very bloody match. Go figure. Um, and uh, well, Brian Danielson, I guess, came back at All Out. That was kind of cool. Lana debuted in AEW at All Out. That's CG Perry. C- right. CJ Perry, buddy. CJ Perry. <laughs> that's that's her actual name. Sorry, calling her WWE name. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, everybody knows her as Lana. Not a lot of people know her as CJ Perry. Miro's well, wife. Because she's on AEW. And the only people listening to wrestling podcast remarks anyway, so they probably know who she is. But they're not all AEW marks. Some people that don't even that no, listen to the show don't even listen to. They probably her for other reasons, Jason. That's true. <laughs> so CJ Perry. Uh, FKA Lana uh, appeared at uh, at All Out, but Miro didn't seem very happy to see her. But uh, that's that's a story in and of itself. He's trying to tell a story on Collision that nobody watches. So it's because it's that. because it's because he started having flashbacks because he was out there with Powerhouse Hobbs. He started having flashbacks with Bobby Lashley. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was having cuckold flashbacks. That's sad. Um. Collision actually has had like consistent viewership, so I feel like Chuck, no one's watching. It's chuckled, it's, it's chuckled. chuckled flashbacks. Yeah, uh, they they it's consistent, um, but it's it's they they lose sixty percent anytime WWE does something, they lose a big audience. But it's consistent, like around like four hundred thousand people. Like it's not. It's not like well, a I mean, compared crazy to their number. other their other Rampage show. I feel like that's it's not it's bad. it's close to the numbers that they do on Rampage. They're similar, not not too. I thought Rampage was lower. Uh, I don't know. I they, I I usually see something that puts them out all the time, and they're always very very close. Like Collision, sometimes is higher than Rampage, but then sometimes they're about the exact same. So it, it just depends. Like, it, and it also depends on what WWE is doing because if they have the PLE a PLE on Saturday, the Collision numbers drop dramatically, like sixty percent typically when there's a PLE for WWE. So with with Saturday being that plus punk leaving i gotta imagine that their their numbers were were down a little bit but speaking of cm punk leaving um so after all in in wembley i guess um you know i remember reading a story a couple weeks ago something about jack perry getting kicked off of a collision uh set because he and cm punk got into an argument over Perry wanting to use real glass for a spot. And I don't know what the spot was. I don't think it had to do with the all in show. Maybe it did, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I don't, the only reason I don't think that is because I feel like I've heard other people talk about use doing like that 
uh, windshield spot and always just using real car glass because it doesn't shatter. It just dents in and breaks like, like it did when they used it. So whether or not it was for that or something else, I don't know. But Punk said, no, you got to use fake glass and, you know, Jungle Boy. Okay, let's let's go by what the like other sources are saying. Multiple people backstage who are like former like wrestlers now just backstage hands told him this is a bad idea. Don't, you don't do it. And then they sent Punk in to to try to tell him because for whatever reason they thought he would respect Punk. And Punk then told him he was an idiot. He shouldn't do it. However someone on dynamite had already approved it to be done at collision ahead of time. Okay. So that's where the drama was. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, whatever happens there and then, you know, fast forward to the, the pre-show for, for all in Perry and hook are wrestling on a limo hook goes around or Perry goes around to the front of the limo smacks on the windshield, looks dead in the camera and says that real glass cry me a river. So then um, that apparently caused CM Punk to say something to him as he was walking out of his match, and that got into an altercation, and they were yelling. Tony Khan apparently got involved and felt his life was threatened, and it led to CM Punk (laughs) being terminated from AEW, and AEW released this statement. This is from their official Twitter account. Statement from All Elite Wrestling and Tony Khan. All Elite Wrestling, AEW, has terminated wrestler and employment agreements between Philip Brooks, CM Punk, and AEW with cause effective immediately. The termination was confirmed today by Tony Khan, CEO, general general manager, and head of creative of AEW. The termination follows a week-long internal investigation of an incident occurring backstage at AEW All In London on Sunday, August 27th. Following the investigation, the AW Discipline Committee met and later conve- convened with outside legal counsel before making a unanimous recommendation to Khan that CM Punk be terminated with cause. Khan offered the following statement. Phil played an important role with aid. Uh, sorry, this is Tony Khan saying this. Phil... Phil played an important role within AEW, and I thank him for his contributions. The the termination of AEW contracts with Cause is ultimately my decision, mine alone. Of course, of course, of, of, of course, I wish I didn't have to share this news, which I, I, it comes as a disappointment to many of our fans. Nonetheless, I make every decision in the best interest of many amazing people who make AEW possible each and every week, and our talent and staff venue operators and many other whose efforts are unsung by essential to bring our fans great shows on television and arenas and stadiums throughout the world. So that was from you, you, Tony Khan. You, you started that wrong though. You have to go oh. at the beginning. Yeah. That's why I just finished. <laughs> so that was Tony Khan. And then, yeah, he did cut a promo before, before collision. He did too, because he did the pre taped one that played at the beginning of the like TV aired version. Yeah. And then he did one where he literally brought a folding chair, sat out on the entrance ramp like a weird child, and addressed the the crowd and got booed like a motherfucker. Which I think it was in I, Chicago. I, have, I mean, what do you what do you expect? Yeah, like he was. There was nothing he could have done. But I I thought the, I, me, the young bucks doing the victory lap was a bad touch too. Yeah. I think Tony's goal was if he went out and he got it maybe out of their system and directed it at him, they wouldn't direct it at everyone else and ruin the show. 
but they still kind of ruined the show too. A little bit. A little bit, but, but not as bad, I guess. Maybe that did work. As, yeah. So I think that might have been the goal. But then it's Tony Khan, so it might have just been him trying to be like, please like me, please. So, Kevin, he's the bad guy, not me. You had an interesting theory on this. Do you still believe it? What, that's a work? I was going to get him to say it, but. Um, (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, mean, honestly. If it's a work, it's the biggest work of the century. Yeah. I tell you right now, I tell you right now, but yeah, if it was a work and ends up being one, then fucking kudos to them. That, that I, maybe that's my hope that it is just a work because like this would this would be the work of all fucking works. Um Yeah, and and then there was there was also reports know. that he got into it with Miro, but then people were like, "No, that was just them joking around." Oh, yeah, I mean, like, he took even Miro said that. Yeah, he, even Miro said no. He took he took pictures with like the referee and Samoa Joe backstage, like after the mat, like he would seem like in good spirits and stuff like that. It's just like I don't know, man. But the fact that Tony Khan felt threatened for his life and safety, I th- just so here's my theory cracks me the fuck up, dude. That's, that's why, like, when that. he that's like when he says stuff like that. That's what that, it's stuff like that makes you think it's a work. Sorry, uh, so I think I, I don't think it's a work. Unfortunately, uh, I think that was the legal team trying to get ahead of the game and put a spin on it. So that way, if Punk tries to sue them, which he probably will, they like are like, well, you know. We've got all these witnesses, even though there's apparently cameras in their gorilla position at all times. Their cameras so, and legend- Tony Khan was right there the whole time, too. So I don't know what yeah. they needed an investigation for. Yeah, that was another thing is why do you need an internal investigation? He was right there and allegedly Punk like lunged at him and said he was going to quit and all this. And <laughs> yeah. Well, like, here, first off, how do you feel threatened when you have Samoa fucking Joe there in gorilla position with you? Right. Or, like. I don't care if Plus, Punk has trained MMA. You've got big ass fucking Samoa Joe there. He's gonna rip that boy off you, off of you, and, and save you real quick. Well, the funny thing is, somebody tweeted at Eric Bischoff and said, "Did, did you fire Kevin Nash when he like there was an incident like Kevin Nash kicked open his door and like like took his watch off like he was about to fight or whatever?" And like Eric Bischoff was like, "Nope, we got our shit clear and went and had a beer together." Yeah, <laughs> I mean so. Yeah, and, and like, and it's funny because all the people, like, everybody on the internet has this take now that Bully Ray came out and said something. Like, Bully Ray on uh, Busted Open had said something about how, like, man, that that's like just a normal day in a locker room back in the day. Like, that shit is normal in that type of environment. And now everybody's like, oh, this would have been fine. But like, everybody now is taking that take, and that's their take. But that's, that's, it was Bully Ray that said it first. But it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like I, dude, I, I don't know. I just don't think that I don't think that CM Punk, Phil Brooks, like I don't think he would have taken it that far. Is he intense, dude? Yes. Like, does he get passionate about when he thinks he's right and defending his opinion? Yes, he does, and we've seen that on a number of occasions. And you know, he he does tend to maybe take things a little bit too far, and he has, you know, worked himself out of jobs because of it i mean just look at how he left wwe you know what i mean like that was over i mean wwe though he like took his ball and went home and then they 
fired him because he refused to work. Like that's not the same as him like starting a fight backstage. Well, right, but I mean, but you know, he's he's always had that kind of brand as being difficult to work with. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that that just you know. But again, other people that have had that same tag put on them are Stone Cold Steve Austin and you know what I mean like uh, people like Hulk Hogan like people like that that doesn't work for me brother like that you know a lot of those guys especially when they care a lot about what they do and they're passionate about it they can be difficult to work with and when you're you know trying to be an adult and you got a bunch of kids around you like I can get where he'd be frustrated but at the same time all these things that have happened, all these negative things always seem to center around him. So then it's like, is it him or is it the environment or is it, you know what I mean? Like it can't all be everybody else because. Well, here's the thing though. Aside from the altercation he apparently had with Regal. Um, which and, and that's stupid. Why would he say that? Like if that really happened, why would he do that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Did you see uh, that Kevin? But- yeah. Okay. It's like more and more, more stuff just coming out like crazy. Yeah. I mean, it just it, that just seemed like a thing where Regal like went and be like, "Hey," and and there was this bad blood there, and he was just like, "I'm not gonna shake your hand because you're just a Triple H stooge." Like, oh well, who cares? Regal didn't take it personally, so I don't care. Uh, but every incident that's happened has been a part with that friend group because they're all linked back to the elite. I mean, Jack mm-hmm. Jack Perry's not necessarily. Like, he's one of their friends. He's been one of their friends that they brought yeah. in at the beginning. And Punk did a did a lot to try to put Jack Perry over when he first got the AEW too, like mm-hmm. a lot. So yeah. it's like I don't know, man. Like and 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 I, I, there's an interesting amount of conspiracy going around now because Mark Henry also made some comments on Busted Open. Yeah, you you oh, yeah, sent the link to that, but it was that mm-hmm. was long, so I didn't listen to the whole thing because it wasn't that long. It was literally like a clip it. It was like a, the thing that I opened was like 43 minutes. Oh, yeah. No, the it, thing I, I sent should have only been like maybe 45 seconds. Oh, yeah. I thought it was longer than that. Yeah, because it, it was it was literally just uh, the clip it where he says something along the lines of, uh, well, you know, now the so-called problem is gone. So everything should be sunshine, rainbows and unicorn piss. And there shouldn't be any problems. Right. Right. We'll see. Right. We'll see what happens. Right. So, like, it yeah. seems like he's a little agitated. Like, maybe Punk wasn't the only problem, or wasn't the problem, like to begin with, kind of thing. Yeah. So, I'm curious to see how that plays out too. But, and, and on top of all that, there's also been stuff coming out ever since um, All Out to begin with, where Punk gets to uh, overseas and they don't have a ride for him to get to the fucking building. Yeah, but I, other people have said that that was common, though. That wasn't just him that suffered that. I don't know. I, I know that apparently the person in charge of that is one of the Young Bucks' friends as well. So it's like, well, that's a little weird. But more importantly, now this is all alleged, there was a meeting set in Georgia in Atlanta where Tony Khan was getting the elite and punk together so they could bury the hatchet. And it was gonna. it was the day before All Out. And last minute, like punks in Georgia, they, they cancel the meeting. And then the next day he doesn't have a ride to the building. And then fucking jungle boy is going to business for himself and fucking talking shit into the camera. And now all this fucking shit's happening. Like dude was having a rough fucking day, a rough fucking 24 hours at that point. So 
I feel like, yeah, he's he's going to be a little irritable, and to go and pick a fight with him seems like a dumb idea. Or unless you're intentionally trying to fucking get him to hit you, so he can well, you can get rid of him. Like, like Jungle Boy, a hundred percent was was trying to start shit. So, do you think CM Punk wanted to get fired? That's possible too. I mean, he yeah. he wasn't happy. I mean, and he tried to leave once already. Did you guys see um, when he walked out of All In with the championship? He had it draped over his back shoulder, holding one finger in hey. the air. Yes. Do you think that's supposed to be a Roman Reigns thing? Yes. He Do you think it he's was going. It to, was the exact. The... It was the exact Roman Reigns pose. The exact like he he had it draped over his shoulder, walking with the one finger in the air at the entrance, like at the entrance as he was about to walk out. It was the exact fucking Roman Reigns pose. So were you the anonymous person on Twitter that just posted uh, CM Punk's backstage at Raw tonight? No, I'm not. <laughs> I saw that too. I'm not. Yeah. But I mean, I you know, I, I I don't think. Here's the thing. As much as CM Punk has talked about WWE and and not liking that system, I think maybe now he realizes when it's not run by people with a backbone, what, what could easily happen when you let the inmates run the asylum. And maybe he understands that now. And maybe that's not how he wants his wrestling career to end. I can't, I can't see him being okay with his wrestling career ending on this note. Now, but here's the thing. Does WWE want CM Punk back? That is the thing. Grant, someone did say that currently... It would be, ironically, another con who would get to make that decision. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you know that it would be, and and uh, you know, with them being with the Endeavor deal, Punk already having a, an MMA background, you know, being some crossover potential there. I can see Endeavor being on board with with bringing him in. Um, I you know, Triple H has always been like, fuck man, like if you know. If we're if we're gonna do business there. and make money, like I, you know, put put them on me. Although, did you guys see where um, supposedly Triple H said that if uh, if Endeavor decides to bring Shane McMahon back with any type of Shane, bring in Shane McMahon with any type of power, uh, he'll gladly hand the reins over to somebody else and walk away and find mm-hmm. a different find a different opportunity. Oh, Triple H I is mean... all elite. <laughs> Oh man, that'd be interesting. But that's I mean, I'll blame him considering fucking Shane's trying to book himself but, into everything. But they brought him in. But you know, Triple H was running creative when they brought him in for WrestleMania. So I mean, I don't know if you know is the really like, maybe it was just that that last experience was real bad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just everyone I just, allegedly was real pissed off at Shane, and that's why he hasn't been back since. So, but it's like, but it's the thing though. It's a, it's you know that that's not a quote. That's just somebody saying that he said that. And who the fuck gets that information from Triple H? And it's not a quote somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's kind of more interesting to me. Is like who's who allegedly is hearing him say these words? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that that seems to be the case with a lot of this stuff. Is like, oh, you know, a source said this. Well, who who's talking to you? Because most of the people that he talks to aren't talking to you. I, I don't, you know, <laughs> the ninety percent of the people that he confides in aren't talking to you. I can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, unless he made like an off color comment. 
backstage and someone overheard it but even then like and, that could be him just joking and even kevin nash has said too like you know you know when, when when paul calls me it's it's like you know how you been how's the family what are your kids up to we, he goes we don't talk about business at all he's like we don't you know i don't ask him questions because i don't care i don't need to know like we don't talk about anything like that so it's like that's his close <laughs> friend that he talks to and he and doesn't that say anything sense, about though, it because like like they they like nash is retired so it's not like he's in the thick of it the most of, like he has to do with the business is his podcast and even then it's not like they're regularly reviewing well 90 percent of the podcast everything. has nothing to do with uh yeah current day product right, but so like it, like there's no like there would be no reason for him to be like hey so what's going on with this like no they're just gonna catch up like so that makes sense yeah but, uh, uh, not the golf subject i want to send you guys a photo in the chat so we don't want to see your dick in briefcase. Quit sending it. Of the money in the bank briefcase. Yeah, the new. Ooh, I take that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they got they got to quit calling him Mister Money in the Bank because he is definitely Senor Money in the Bank. That's cool. Yeah, I have to get caught back up to raw. Yeah, so I guess the rumor too is that I guess supposedly they do have um, two sets of tag titles like made and ready to go. Like, so it, it sounds like the possibility of them being split up. That's cool. Be real. All right, so so back to CM Punk then. So it's going to be a couple of questions, right? So first question is, does he have a non compete clause? Because Tony Khan refused to a- answer that question when he was asked. Um, when when will we hear from? CM Punk on what he has to say in his side of the story because rumor and innuendo is that he's going to he's going to give his side of the story really soon. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whose podcast he does that oh, on and what lawsuits. No. <laughs> what can you can you imagine? If like he goes back to Cabanas, <laughs> he and Cole <laughs> no. hate each other. No. Does Cole Cabana even have a podcast anymore? I don't think no, so. Don't like, like they I don't. don't so. He doesn't no. do like the interview style anymore. Like he was doing like uh, he learned his lesson of getting sued. He was doing like an, an anatomy of the match type stuff, but that was I don't know if he even does that anymore. But no. So let's say you're watching Raw, you're watching SmackDown, and all of a sudden there's a pan out, and it's him sitting at a desk with Stone Cold. Oh. On the Broken Skull session. Oh, that would be, be a dope. good one. That would be good. That would be interesting. That would be a soft way that, to bring honestly, him in that, and yes, see. Honestly, yeah, because he would do it for, for Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Even if it was a WWE thing or whatever, like, that would be – talk about highly rated. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the one with Jericho was intriguing, very highly rated, but that would be – that would break them all. Yeah. Could you imagine that, though? Like, he would be like so – like what happened? I hear you're fighting people backstage, <laughs> and then he'd also at the same time be like, "Yeah, that was just a normal thing back in the day. Like you just yeah. fight it out and you get out of your system and you move on and do business." What? Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting, you know. And there's a, there's other possibilities. He, he could go to Japan and wrestle, but I don't think it's going to be as fanfare as what going back to WWE would be. Like I I or think much money. you know yeah, uh, you know, an impact. I don't think impact has the money to afford him. They do not. You know, and and they couldn't even afford an autograph signing with him. And and but and you know that um 
and, and you know that ROH doesn't doesn't exist anymore because it's under the Tony Khan umbrella, so you know he's not going there. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it'd be interesting. Like I, you know, th- there was uh, another rumor that he was close to trying to get out of his contract last year so he could be in the Royal Rumble. So yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's when we see the last time we saw CM Punk was the Royal Rumble in WWE. Maybe that's the next time we see him. Is- L- listen, as, as much bad blood as there was with him and his departure with WWE and everything. You can't tell me that all these years, maybe maybe for a while not, but at some point he eventually like looked at this as an avenue to get back to WWE. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know because uh, Punk's very stubborn. He is, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, he... chance for him to get back to WWE. I think AEW was a chance for him to give them a like finger of the WWE and get it like out of his system and like feel but, like he like got his but him showing up to the one show you know what I mean and then like he showed up to that recent that cauliflower alley uh yeah he took, took a picture and, with Ray and talked with JBL and some of those guys JBL uh, yeah so I mean he might be more interested in it now but I'm saying three years ago or two years ago however long it's been I can't keep track anymore because he's only wrestled three times uh, I I feel like he came into this with the intention of being like fuck you, I'm gonna make this company like something kind of thing versus like now where it's more of a yeah yeah I I this company yeah I don't think I I think now though he he's gonna have to humble himself a little bit and and mm-hmm. then and and realize like okay if if I don't want this to be my last image in pro wrestling. I need to. This is where I need to go to make it right, and you know because I mean, he's he's out a, champion. What's better than that? Yeah, he's only got. Well, he walked out champion, but and and that's the set and that and that alone too is the sad and unfortunate thing about all this. AEW just put eighty thousand people in Wembley Stadium, and all anybody can talk about. about is this altercation between Jungle Boy and CM Punk, mm-hmm. and, and it's like and all all in. Is basically just become a backdrop for this stupid issue when it should have been a benchmark for their company, and that seems to be the case with AEW. Is every time they gain momentum, shit like this just knocks it down and becomes a story, and it becomes more about that. Because I guarantee to you, I guarantee to you, and I will say this right now: next year when they go to Wembley, they will not sell nearly as many tickets. I fucking guarantee it. I bet you they sell more than what the stadium has. No, <laughs> they, they, don't, they they put they put seating. If they, whole... if they sold eighty thousand this time, I bet you they sell. I bet you they sell six, ninety thousand. I bet you they sell sixty thousand yeah. next time. Four hundred and seventy-five thousand. They're gonna they're gonna build so. an, they're they're gonna build another Wembley right because, now. Because because that the, <laughs> but 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 here's the thing though that is when you're looking at AW ticket sales. When they come back to markets, they do not do as well the second time in the yeah, domestically in the like, U.S. and everywhere. Like it's it's it, every time, and and the more they come back, the worse they do. Yeah, but overseas, well, it's because AEW comes back to the same three cities in the states. But but that's the thing, um, though, they did it. Where overseas, overseas, they're like starving for shows, like big shows, not just their local stuff. So I feel like that's a different like beast versus like we've been to Chicago thirty six times this year. Like yeah, of course Chicago's gonna be fucking fatigued and don't want to see you anymore. Yeah, I still don't. I, I still don't think they're gonna do as well going back there the second time. I don't. I really don't. 
I, I, I just, I, unless something drastically changes with their product between now and then, unless their storytelling gets a shit ton better than what it is right now, I don't think that they'll sell as many tickets coming back. Something will drastically have to change with their product between now and then, but they don't see anything wrong with their product. So, they, I mean, they just tried to build a, a pay-per-view a week after another pay-per-view and sell it with, with one match that had a story going into it. So that's a funny narrative that I saw on Twitter today of the AEW marks being like, see, even with just no buildup, like everyone was like, oh, it's going to be a shit show because after the CM Punk stuff, like, but they still put on a, a really solid show of some great matches. And I'm like, no, everyone complains that there's no story and they aren't invested in them. So they have no interest in it to give a fuck if the match is good or not. No one's saying the matches aren't good. We're well, saying well, that the fucking <laughs> stories are shits. So we don't give a fuck about the matches for them to be good. And the funny thing is, somebody said that about payback. They're like, oh, so basically this is just, like, raw as a PLE. I'm sitting there thinking, the the Trish-Becky match alone was better than all the all-out matches, like, combined. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, like, I, I don't disagree with that statement either. I mean, honestly, and, and eh. not, not even that, like, they had three solid matches on that card. And then you had, okay, like LA Knight and Miz was whatever, but you had the story. It had a story. Had a story, had a build. Yeah. With John. And the fact is, go off subject. Somebody's like, why did John Cena have to take off his shirt to raise <laughs> LA Knight's hand? Yeah. Took off the referee shirt. I like that it was so it was too tiny for him to do his usual cool little like one sleeve pull thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to take it off like a normal person. Yeah. And they're like, why do you have to do that? Yeah, and so every every match on the payback card had a story going into it, had a rivalry. Some of the stories were better than others, and some of them were more personal than others, but they had a reason for you to watch the show. And that's even okay. been the case on Raw and SmackDown for the most part. You're not just seeing matches for the sake of matches, like you know. And like um, Eric Bischoff brought this up the other day, or uh, I was listening to. He has this uh, show called Strictly Business, and he was talking about how you know for the most part all out or all in didn't have a whole lot of match buildup and uh john alba was like well what about young bucks versus ftr he goes well what's the story well who's the best tag team he goes that's not a story that's a reason like that's a mm-hmm. that's like that's a question that's a, that's what he said that's not a story that's a question like who's the best tag team is a question it's a reason to have a match to get the answer it's not a story which it's a hundred that he's a hundred percent right on that there's no arc there's no beginning middle there's no twist there's no turns there's no end like there's, there's no hook. yeah there's there's yeah. there's nothing other than oh I think I'm the best no we're the best let's have a match to figure it out like that's that's what you see a lot of times in AEW. Like even this Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson thing. Like I get that this was a last second replacement, and like okay, if you can't have CM Punk there, let's throw out Brian Danielson to have his first match back, and that's awesome. It was a decent match because I think Brian's still a little bit limited. Like they had to rely on blood and shit like that to, you know, make it make it more. You know, and it was a final strat- countdown again. It was a stra- yeah, <laughs> it was a strap match. I think Final Countdown is probably just his new entrance music to begin with, but. Um, uh, now apparently that was expensive as fuck, so I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe they got the rights for it for long term. Maybe they got like a, a like a. Warner Brothers stepped in and was like, "Hey, we'll help," kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, they got it yeah. for for a long period of time for that amount that they paid, not just a, a one off, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, I mean, it was a one-off, so who knows? And, and you know, and Cassidy and and Mox had an okay story, but it wasn't the story wasn't necessarily all about them. 
it was about Blackpool and Best Friends, and this match kind of grew out of that. So it wasn't even like told that well going into it. It just like like I said, man, unless something changes with them, like it's just not going to get any better. Like it's the product is what it is. It's the exact same shit week in and week out, every single show. And it's just, you know, if people love the blood and gore and the, like, you know, Moxley getting what the fucking skewers shoved in his head and looking like pinhead, if people love that shit, great. Personally, it's not my cup of tea to see that all the time. And that's that's what's becoming is all the time. Like, he just did that spot, what, a couple of months ago? Like, now we're seeing it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sad, it Japan. Yeah. yeah. It is sad because like they they have the talent there. Oh, without doubt, just, yeah. It, it's just it's they they don't focus on AEW. They focus on AEW with New Japan and AEW breaking out with this and then Ring it's of Honor that. and the, it, it. they they don't focus on AEW. They focus on the individuals. It is still at its heart an indie promotion. Everyone there is yeah. out for themselves. No one there is yeah. for the company. Eric Bischoff called all in an indie show on steroids, and I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't disagree with him. Yeah, it was just, it was an indie show in a very big venue. Yeah, very big famous venue. Yeah, I mean, and 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 good for them to to be able to to pull it off, it, but. But the funny thing is, if you look back, like to the first All In, like the first All In was fucking tremendous, mm-hmm. and it, guess what? It was in a ten thousand seat arena, and, yeah. that, and that's just fine. And that, and that had, was also an indie show on steroids. Let's be honest, but it was, yeah, but it was different but at, at the time. They, but at le- yeah, and they at least had there were some stories in it though. That's the funny thing is there were stories that like, you know, what I mean, like you had Jericho's debut, and then you had Cody winning the NWA title. You know what I mean? And then like the company kind of grew out of this. Whereas this, outside of MJF and stuff, and Cole, I mean, even the shit with Osprey and Jericho, like there just was not enough build with everything. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it wasn't enough there. It, it was yeah. just thrown together. And also, well, the problem with that was there wasn't enough build. And and here's the, and, 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 and here, they built it in New Japan. And here's the other yeah. And here's the other problem too, is that you're having this big AEW all in show and you're having a marquee match between Jericho and Osprey, and Osprey doesn't even fucking work for AEW. You're putting him go here. You're putting him over in this big huge event and he's not even your fucking talent. They're working on trying to make him. But he could very easily say, "Ah, you know what? WWE's offering me this, so I'm just going to take that." Like he's 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 doing something for Impact now. Next, yeah, like he's a free agent. Like I I think his New Japan contract's up in a couple of months. Like he's going to be a free agent. He literally could do so. Yeah, maybe he does sign with AEW, and maybe that will help make sense. But if he decides to walk and go somewhere else, then. Uh, and he's already I mean, said Jericho, that he's though. Like it's not like it matters. I know, but it's it's it's. But he's one of AEW's like staple stars. Like Jericho's been there since day one. He's an AEW day one, and you're putting over a guy that doesn't even work there. My point is, if you want to put somebody over on that show, why isn't it Sam? Why didn't they build Sammy Guevara versus Chris Jericho and let Jericho put Guevara over at that show? That would have been worth it. That would have been building your company instead of having some guy named. You know, Will Ospreay, who's a big name, who's an international name, great. Like, he's a talented guy, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but, you know, he's not your talent. Sammy Guevara is, and he's on the fucking sidelines. He's the second banana right now. This dude was in a world championship match three months ago at one of your pay-per-views, or four months ago at one of your pay-per-views, and now he's not doing jack shit. 
but yet you're putting over guys that don't work in your company at the biggest show that you have ever. Like that's that's the shit that frustrates me about about AW. This is why they're never going to fucking grow because they they're all about just booking these fantasy dream matches. Once you see them, you see them and, you know, fuck any, anything else. Like it's just I it just I don't know, man. It just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it. Oh, just didn't like you that, you tweet you... that Sammy Guevara takes too many vacations? <laughs> I forget the exact context of that, but it was... <laughs> you, you know, you, you know, you know, Sammy. <laughs> oh. oh man! I mean, I, I I get where you're coming from, and I agree, uh, and that's because at the end of the day, Tony Khan, and I feel like as, as odd as it is, I saw a clip from uh, Cordette's show where he's talked about this multiple times, where he says Tony Khan is still just that little kid in his bedroom with his with his action figures, fantasy booking matches. He's not telling stories. That's yeah, very it's true. Like, it's like it's like it's like the old days of uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. They used to have these fantasy games in there, and you would pay X amount of dollars for your wrestler and send in a check and and try to compete. It was called the Imaginary Wrestling Federation. That's basically what it is. It's his imaginary wrestling federation. He's in his room with his and, and look, man, wrestling. he's he's got the money to do it, and if that's what he wants his company to be, that's fine. I just, you know, to me, it just makes more sense if you want your company to grow to to build the stars that you have, and you know, putting over people that don't even or that aren't even under contract with you is not a good way to build the stars that you have. And I just, I don't know. To me, it uh, just... Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where he he is not Vince McMahon. He's not too, you know what I mean? Like, he should not be as involved as, like, he, he is. ever was. Yeah. Yes. Just because you're the owner doesn't mean you need to be... Like you know, what I mean that. Like, like Ted. I mean, he can't even command respect from his own employees, let alone yeah. fucking right. run the show. I mean, so. you know, Eric, Eric Bischoff was the executive producer in Nitro. He wasn't head of creative, and that's right. that's the thing. Like, if you're going to be head of creative, you need to have a backbone. Like, there's a reason why he gave Kevin Sullivan and Kevin Nash and Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes that job because, you know, at the end of the day, people might bitch, but nobody's going to go to those guys and say, you know. Uh, and and you know pick a fight and if they do they're gonna get put in their place pretty quickly and you know yeah, and, and, and the unfortunate thing for him is that jr is so up in age and yeah not the great grace of health because if jr even at his age was in better shape like that's somebody you say okay you're the executive producer you run the show he's done it you know what i mean it, or him, or even like you know, I mean, no, Tony Shavani's kind of, but and that's and that, that's the problem. Like, like Shivani's the head of talent relations, or the head of career, like the head of like the the ta- like. And Tony Shivani is this like he's not that guy. Like he does not command respect like that. Like you know what I mean? Like he's not he's not somebody that people fear. Somebody that people even respect on that level. Like that he's not he's, like he's somebody, Mark Henry he's would be that, that guy. Be, he, he, he's somebody that could be in charge of like the announcers. Or like he did in WCW, he was in charge of the announcers. Or he, yeah, and you know what I mean, in charge of the broadcasters. Like that's like more his role. But you like, got fucking guys like Mark Henry and Big Show there. Like, yeah, that's that's who should be the head of that type of role. Is yeah. is those guys? And then and then and then have people, or even have people like Daniel Bryan or whoever be your bookers. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, supposedly Brian is booking Collision and there's more storylines, more stories being told on Collision than there are on any other, well, any Tony, other shows. Tony Khan said that Tony Khan said if you ever got hit by a bus and couldn't do it anymore, like he, Brian James, Brian, yeah. So is the guy, he would give it to him. Well, just, him just, just call so. that bus CM Punk and just hand it over to Brian now. <laughs> I mean, he did fear for his life. <laughs> yes. I you know I, I honestly know, like it, it is it is what it is and that, and like I said it's fine it's Tony Khan's company he's got the he's got the billions of dollars it's it's him that's fronting this check so if it's him that if, if this is how he wants to run his company that's you know who am I to say that but I, at some point I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna get tired of it and just start watch, stop watching it all together because right now Raw and SmackDown are so good. And even NXT has been really good. Like I, I'm getting my fill of professional wrestling just watching the WWE product. I really don't have a need to watch other stuff. I watch AEW mostly for this podcast, and with the hopes, much like I did Monday Night Raw, and you know the last like five years, hoping it would get better. But I, I, I held on with WWE for that long because I had a long term investment. I've been watching WWE since I was three. You know, I don't have that long-term investment with AEW, and I'm pretty close to just saying, you know what, fuck this. Like, I I don't care anymore. There are some guys I care about, like MJF and Cole, and you know, Brian. You know, for the most part, but outside of that, man, there's not a whole lot that I give a shit about. It's funny because you said you're getting your fill with WWE, and I'm not getting my fill anywhere right now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'll get him in WWE pretty soon. <laughs> Pretty soon, what are you talking about? He's wrestling right now. He's he's about to win the world title. You guys are missing it. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Oh, jeez. Last thing I want to talk to or talk about real quick before we close out is also that uh, Tony Khan, both in the scripted like thing that went up before Collision and his like on stage performance for all the people at Collision. Legitimately looked like he was ready to cry yeah. both times. Yeah, and I'm just like, was he crying because he's like, people aren't gonna like me? Was he crying because he's sad he lost CM Punk? Is he crying because he's still fearful for his life? Like, yes, 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 all yes. Of the above. <laughs> he like yes. he he does not know how to talk on camera. He was mildly entertaining that one time that he ran down MJF like in that backstage segment. Like that was that was actually kind of funny when he like screamed at those guys. But that's the thing. That was an act. He doesn't actually have that kind of backbone. If he had that kind of mm-hmm. backbone, then maybe those guys would respect him. But oh, yeah. he doesn't. And that's and that's the ironic thing about it is that when push comes to shove, he can't do what he actually did on that in that backstage <laughs> segment. <laughs> but literally when push came to shove, he couldn't do it. So he was he was afraid for his life. <laughs> oh. Uh, he lunged at him. And, and, you know, that's uh, funny, too, because Bischoff, I, I've always heard him tell stories. He goes, yeah, man, anytime I had to deliver bad news to somebody, I made sure that Rick Steiner or, um, like, <laughs> I forget, he, he had, like, a list, like, Rick Steiner, Mike Rotunda, like, there was, like, five or six guys that he would make sure that were in the room with him when he had to deliver the bad news to somebody in case shit went down. He's like, because I know Rick's not letting anybody get to, to me. Like, he would oh, have yeah. his boys in there. Like, so... <laughs> 
like yeah, so and that's fuck a, you know nobody fuck with Steiner. right so tony tony apparently didn't take that advice he didn't have anybody with him to protect him from big bad i mean Joe was there yeah waiting to leave the curtain too but maybe and samojo like somebody pointed out he had like a big bruise on his arm from like trying to break up the altercation i guess or something like that but you know i'm wondering what he's thinking you know what i mean like you know, Joe's a pretty go with the flow kind of guy. I really hope yeah. though they do tell that story with him and and uh, MJF. Oh, I they're think going to be because fun. MJF yeah. followed it up on Twitter. He said something like, "This, uh, I'm not uh, that 20 year old kid anymore." Yeah, like fuck you or something like that. Yeah, that would be that. Yeah, that's his next challenger. Yeah. I'm down for it. And, and while I'm on the uh, this ramp rant about AEW, the other thing, like somebody even pointed out on Twitter, like this is a reason why I hate AEW. Did you see that spot where uh, Penta and and Orange kept hitting each other with destroyers? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, like that that shit just takes me out of it, man. Like it's just so fucking bad. Like it's just not it's not entertaining to me. Maybe some people it's entertaining, but like that's not. I don't know. Like what's the point? Like what's the point? That's not a destroyer at that point. He ain't destroying. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, he's popping right up and doing it again. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Like they got a lot of shit to clean up, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know if Tony Khan is capable of cleaning it up because I think he likes it the way it is. And that's. I I stand by my theory that the reason why he has made zero effort to not let people go into business for themselves and not to have all this drama is because he likes the fact that it keeps them in the news. Because without that. No one talks about AEW. Yeah, that's true. Because nobody really talked about Wembley after it happened. They just kept talking about the the fallout, and mm-hmm. it just all all outs apparently tend to be like the worst time of year for maybe CM Punk just has like a just you know maybe maybe it's like I mean, a, it was a, this time of year a yearly period. It was a year, it was, it was a year ago today. <laughs> yeah, it so. was a year ago today. It yeah. happened. But, he got fired literally two days before his anniversary of almost getting fired the first time. Yeah, yep. And that also makes me wonder if like he really just wanted out. Like if he wanted out, maybe maybe when he showed up at Raw a few months ago, he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, Paul, I'll be I'll be gone. I'll be gone from there soon. Paul. Just you know, keep keep you know keep keep your ear out for keep, me or something. Yeah, keep 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 the door open. Yep. Keep the lights he's on. Like, I might be interested. He's like, first of all, he's like he's like first of all, don't call me Paul, <laughs> <laughs> and I won't call you Phil. <laughs> Paul, my name's Billy. No, anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Bob, my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. All right. Anyway, um, yeah. All right. So that's really all I got for this week. Uh, I think we kind of ranted about this stuff enough. Um, anybody else have anything that they want to bring up before we close out? Nope. Nah. All right, cool. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, this is kind of later, so I'm sorry we're a little bit late, but um, we had some issues recording, uh, getting together. But uh, it actually worked out because we were able to get Michael on here. So, um, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back again on Thursday with a new episode. Probably won't be as much to talk about then, but who knows? This is the pro wrestling business, and as we found out over the past few years, uh, shit can happen. <laughs> <laughs> in an instant yeah, so listen to jason listen to jason and i on this thursday for our raw recap yeah <laughs> raw smackdown and you know whatever but um or you know it, well, the, well, the, no well the funny thing is yeah there's nxt and dynamite yeah maybe we'll, those two maybe, maybe we'll talk about nxt next week or something i don't know who knows what's gonna happen but Maybe we'll get into more into Jay, Jay Uso yeah. being a part of the Raw roster and what that means since uh, we didn't really I, I, talk I, I a was lot gonna, about it. I was going to I, I was going to lie and say, "Hey, I'll watch NXT so we can talk about it," and then show up Thursday and be like, "No, I didn't watch." <laughs> you should have. That been great. 
well, find out on tune in on Thursday to find out if Kevin actually yeah, watched NXT time. or not. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. Michael, you got anything you want to update us on Modern Toy Fair since it's been a few weeks? Yeah, youtube.com forward slash modern toy fair. We've got all sorts of different videos up. Uh, it's starting to really gain some steam. So if you enjoy action figures, head over there and check that out. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at modern toy fair. TV.com forward slash modern toy fair. We've got shirts of our logos on them, shirts of the gimmick minute stuff on them, all sorts of stuff. So check that out as well. All right, awesome. Hey, thank you again and uh, for, for hopping on with us. And thank you guys for listening. And, uh, you know, find out everything you can about our show by tweeting us at Live Your Gimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L I V Y O U R G I M M I C K. Go give us a follow. I'm for my life. <laughs> Go give us a follow there, <laughs> uh, and also find us on the other social medias just by searching Gimmick Minute. But outside of that, man, that's all I got. So um, for Kevin and for Michael and for you know little Wimbly Tony Khan out there, uh, I'm Jason. Reminding all of you Smarks to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Goodbye, everybody. I wonder if he peed himself. He might have. Easily. <laughs>